hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your Good morning. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com with your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pockets. You can either Google the McCarty Group, that's M-C-C-A-R-T-Y, or call 661 661- 665 sold. That's 661 665 7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And a big good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you today? I'm doing well. I know we're a few days into the new year and I really like New Year's resolutions. Uh huh. Have you Um, broken any yet? (laughs) Mine was kind of be better with money. (laughs) Okay. And and I don't know. It's it's going okay, but there's it's like going to the ninety nine cent store for one thing. Uh huh. Everything in there is an impulse item. Absolutely. Walk out with and you walk out forty dollars later. <laughs> it's right? like the ninety nine cent store, but how do you do it? But I it don't... always happens. But I'm going to keep trying. We've got a lot of year left to keep working at it. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> you're either learning or you're. Um, oh, what is that phrase? Screwing up. Yeah, no, that's not it. I'll, it'll come to me. You know, see, here we are, new year, and still old brain. Oh, well. We're human, though, so we're allowed to make mistakes, but you're right. As long as we learn from them, right? Right. As long as we learn from them. So how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. You know, it's always a good morning for me when I'm here at the studio recording the show, helping educate our listeners and uh, guiding people through the ins and outs of real estate. Um, frankly, that just puts a smile on my face. Uh, it's kind of like I'm fulfilling my purpose, and I really enjoy our time together. <laughs> All right. Well, so who do we have the uh, pleasure of interviewing this morning, and what are we talking about? Well, this morning we're speaking with John Lifquist, the Kern County Assessor Recorder, and we'll be discussing property assessments. There's a lot that goes into property tax assessments, but before we jump in, I have an interesting bit of real estate news for all of our listeners. The Bay Area... <sighs> always seems to be up to something. And when it comes to real estate, frankly, it's no different. Affordable housing, very hard to come by in the Bay Area, as it is throughout all of Kern County, uh, throughout all of California. Um, And so I'm sure it's no surprise to everyone out there um, that they are having a crisis with affordable housing. But with that severe affordable housing shortage, they've been facing for quite some time. Several cities are now considering implementing some controversial policies that would give some tenants a shot at buying their homes that they are renting. The policies are heavily in favor of the renters and um, are creating a deep divide between property owners and tenants. Hmm. 
Um, so these proposed policies are referred to as Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Acts, or TOPA. Uh, this Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act, of course, only in California, right, is generally a type of anti-displacement housing policy that gives tenants the options to have secure housing when the property they rent goes up for sale, while also preserving affordable housing, supposedly. Hmm. TOPA requires that owners notify the tenants before they sell. They also need to notify every single one of the quote-unquote qualified organizations, which are nonprofit housing developers, community land trusts, or housing cooperatives. The proposals vary, but generally, if none of these aforementioned groups produce an offer that the seller finds acceptable, the seller can then list the property on the open market. After selecting the best offer, the seller then needs to give the tenants, nonprofits, or the city the chance to match it. Okay, okay. Okay? So East Palo Alto, San Jose, Oakland, and Berkeley are cities that are currently considering adopting such a policy. And I know you're asking, so what's the problem with that, Lori? That that sounds like it would be a good way to have affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Well, when you talk to the Apartment Owners Association of California, they really believe that TOPA is a false promise to tenants of a pathway to home ownership mm-hmm. because few tenants will have the resources to own or to purchase. So ultimately, it's a deed-restricted scheme with selected nonprofits holding the title and lawyers and special interest groups being enriched in the process. <laughs> yeah. In addition, tenants may face large rent increases and loss of existing tenant protections. So thankfully, Kern County and the city of Bakersfield are not considering a TOPA policy. Let's hope it stays that way. Because to me, I really think this type of policy is extremely problematic. Yes, I mean, that's a tough place to be in. You're paying rent, not building any equity, homeownership, anything. Right. Then you get this, oh, oh, wow, this is great. I can get assistance in buying it, but there's no way no. you're going to be able to match Particularly when you look at the costs of properties in those areas. Yeah. So I mean, that's some, of the highest, some of the highest uh, median pricing throughout the state. I mean, upwards of 800000 and more. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And and I kind of feel like we're seeing those values go up in Kern County, too. We are, just not quite that high. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Lori, we also did get a listener email that wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. So let me read that to you. So, dear Lori, uh, I'm thinking about refinancing. I'm getting a ton of mailers. Uh, even my, my previous loan mortgage person has been emailing me has been texting me, sending me numbers. I mean, when is it a good time to refinance? And how do I know a refinance at this time makes sense? Signed, a fan. Well, that is, that's a great question and a great topic. So I think, first of all, you have to think about why you might want to refinance. So generally, there are, there are two different reasons. Uh, one to lower your monthly payment, mm. or two, to pull cash out of the property. Maybe you have high credit card debts and you would like to pay those off. Maybe you want to pull cash out of your uh, existing property to be able to purchase an investment property. Mm. Um, so it really depends on the reason behind your refinance. If you are refinancing 
um, to lower your payment, to get a lower interest rate and therefore lower your payment. The first thing you want to look at, because I've seen a lot of those mailers, I get them too, um, is does the payment include principal, interest, taxes, and insurance? Mm -hmm. So many times I will see a mailer, we can reduce your payment to X, and wow, that looks like substantial savings. And when I start looking at the fine print, they haven't included my taxes or my insurance. <laughs> and so it's really only a, a $40 a month savings, right? Yeah, and you have to pay those things. And you do. Yes. You absolutely do. And when you think about, for example, a $40 a month savings, um, when you are spending four to $8,000, depending on your price point, mm. for costs of refinancing, you have to think about, how soon are you going to pay that back? How soon are you going to actually be saving money? Because mm. your loan balance will go up based on the fees unless you pay them out of pocket, which most people don't. Mm. They just roll it into the loan. And so if you had a $100,000 loan, now you've got a $104,000 loan or $105,000 loan. Mm. So you're saving $40 a month. If it's a $4,000 payment, that's roughly a what, 100 payments that yeah, you've got to make? Okay. Um, I'm not very good in the math department, <laughs> but that's more than five years um, that you're going to be in that property before you start paying yourself back. So mm. does it make sense? Okay. If I'm people will reach out to their preferred local lender, and if you don't have one, call my office. We can direct you to some of the top lenders in town. Rather than rely on these big mortgage companies who are really just farming in an area looking for potential uh, refinance customers, they'll sit down, they'll go through with you the benefits, the pros and cons about whether this really does make sense for you. Because mm -hmm. it's a big decision and you want to make sure that you're being as financially sound in that decision as possible. Mm -hmm. So hopefully fan that helped answer your question now because i've got to bring up the thing too a good mortgage lender should tell you when it doesn't make sense absolutely and everybody mm. we work with will do that yeah if it's if it doesn't make a lot of sense then they'll let you know like hey it's not a good time to refinance for you in your situation right yes and uh, another thing i wanted to mention too you talked about it when you're kind of the break-even point is it okay to use the return of investment the roi term in this situation, if you're going to put four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 into refinancing and you're saving 40 bucks a month, yeah, it's going to take you uh, three, four years to get to that break-even point right. where it's like, or okay, longer. or longer, yeah, and now you're like, because, yeah, the one thing a lot of people, some well, not a lot of people, but people do th don't think about is, yes, someone's got to pay for that refinance. The people making those calls, sending out those mailers need to make a living. And this is how they do it, That's getting people correct. to refinance. So so find a trusted mortgage person and ask them these questions, too, before you just jump into it. And another, the last thing, too, is even your, your 15, you know, 10, 15 years into paying off your mortgage, watch that. Watch out for that because you might be resetting back to 30 years. Absolutely. You might be. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And in our example of saving $40 a month and it costing you $4,000, it actually takes you eight and a third years before you start being in the positive 
on that mm. scenario. Mm. So, okay. yeah, I think we talked about this before. If you're only going to be there for three, four years. Absolutely doesn't, make, doesn't sense. make sense. Doesn't make sense. So, well, thank you. And if you have, you know, anybody out there does have questions, they want to ask Lori so many ways to get in touch with you. You bet. The Call, first way. text, mm-hmm. email. The first way, what? 665-SOLD. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's probably the easiest. Um, and we answer the phone all the time. Excellent. So. Thank you. Thank you. So now I want to turn to our topic today, property assessments in Kern County. As most of you probably know, the county assessor is responsible for valuing the taxable property within the county of Kern and doing so in accordance with applicable constitutional, legislative, and administrative uh, provisions. Today, I thought we'd find out a little bit more about the man who holds that office and explore in detail the responsibilities of that office. So without further ado, I'm honored today to introduce our guest, John Lifquist, who's the Kern County Tax Assessor Recorder. So good morning, John. Welcome. Thank you, Lori. We prefer assessor, not tax assessor. <laughs> ah, very good. No problem. I'll make a note of that. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, both personally and professionally. So um, I was born and raised in, in Bakersfield. Um, lived here most almost all of my life. Um, went to West High and, and Bakersfield College, Cal State Great. Bakersfield. In um, 1984, I got into real estate appraisal with uh, Jerry Fisher Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about a year later, was offered a job with the Kern County Assessor's Office with the provision that I would uh, move to Ridgecrest and work in Ridgecrest. Okay, and did you? And I did. All right. Which was a great opportunity, um, essentially not working entirely unsupervised, but um, more or less unsupervised and, and learning the job on my own. Um, as I say, it was a great opportunity. I did that for about three years. I have been in and out of the assessor's office three times, working in fee appraisal as well. Okay. Um, but worked my way up through the office and ultimately in 2014 ran for assessor uh, assessor recorder and one. Perfect. Um, it's interesting to me that that is an elected office. Um, I think you were telling me earlier that that's a constitutionally mandated election. Is that correct? One of three in the state. Perfect. So tell us, what is the function of the assessor recorder's office? Well, two very distinct offices. Mm-hmm. Um, the recorder's offices, obviously, we um, record uh, not just not just deeds, um, but maps. We also are the custodian of um, vital records, uh, mm-hmm. marriage, um, birth, and death certificates. Great. And we have those uh, for view and for sale. Okay. And I think we have a very efficient office. I've been, I've been to the office to the counter a number of times to buy my own, uh, to buy birth and death certificates. And uh-huh. I've never waited more than five minutes. And and That's awesome. I, I, I appreciate the, the efficiency and, and professionalism of our staff. Well, that's due to your tutelage, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> so in the assessor side, what are the responsibilities there? So the assessor is responsible for valuing all taxable property within the county. Okay. So 100%, almost all, all property that you see within the county is, is valued by the assessor. Okay. Um, and are there other things that, um, are entailed in that role? 
So we need to follow title of property. Um, value we value property when it transfers. Okay. Um, whether it transfers through a deed or through a um, through a legal entity, transfer mm-hmm. of legal entity, um, we are responsible for maintaining property records. Okay. And you can find, for instance, uh, you can find the square footage of your house, the number of rooms, and that is the public record that is used by realtors. Right. So uh, I'm on your site all the time. (laughs) The fact that that information is accurate is very important to everyone. Absolutely. So we've talked about a little bit about what the assessor's office handles. What are some things that the assessor's office doesn't do, but maybe the public commonly thinks that your office handles it? So this is no, um, <laughs> nothing against um, um, the, the tax collector, but people often think, and, and I think this is, this is true of every assessor throughout the state, people think that we are the tax collector. Right, and, and they are two separate and distinctive roles, right? Correct. And um, uh, whenever my wife introduces me to somebody, invariably they say, oh, yes, I know you. I see your name on my tax bill every year. And, <laughs> and I say, no, you don't. No, that would be Jordan Kaufman's Jordan. name. <laughs> Correct. And nothing um, against Jordan, but – and I, I wonder if people think he values property. I don't well, know. Well, exactly. We had him on the show a few weeks ago, and um, same thing. It's as if the public – lumps you both together it's one office it's tax related and um and that's just simply not the case and another aspect is the um, calculation of the rate is the auditor's function so the tax rate is determined by the auditor and not the assessor okay perfect so i think this has been a great introduction and let's take a quick break but before we do john can you tell our listeners how they can reach the kern county assessor recorder's office so we um, have a website, um, <laughs> assessor at kerncounty.com. Um, you can also, and recorder it at kerncounty.com. You can also reach our office at uh, 661-868-3485. Perfect. Thank you so much. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be back in a minute after this short break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch, request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street. Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021. She is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR.
Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And if you're thinking about selling but need to make some renovations first, you'll want to contact Lori to find out about her amazing program designed to help sellers get their home ready to sell. It's called the McCarty Line of Convenience, or MLOC for short. This program allows sellers to tap into their equity for renovations and repairs. There's no interest or fees associated with the MLOC. It's simply paid back at the close of escrow. Call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 to see if you qualify for this exclusive program designed to help maximize your selling price. And if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with John Lifquist of the Kern County Assessor Recorder. So John, what time of the year is busiest for the property assessment side? Well, the busiest time of year is uh, May to the end of June when we have all our property statements filed and the business property um, division is has to get all their work done by June 30th. The entire office has to get the work done by June 30th um, so that those last couple of months are, are, are just crazy. I could imagine. Um, how many properties are there that you have to value? We have 430-something thousand parcels. Wow. That's amazing. We don't have to do uh, 100% of those every year. Right. Fortunately. (laughs) Boy, my job would be really busy if we were selling those properties and revaluing them, right? (laughs) It would be be nuts. We we couldn't do it. Let's, Let's put it that way. All right. So now I have a pretty good idea about this already, but for our listeners out there, could you tell us about the assessment process? I mean, what goes on behind the scenes? Okay. Well, I could spend all day going through all the processes. We've got plenty in, of time. In the office, but let's go through kind of the basic, what the typical homeowner might expect. Okay. So they record a document through the recorder's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Those documents are sent to the assessor's office, and the assessor, uh, our support staff, goes through those documents and determines what properties are affected, uh, whether the whether it is a um, an accessible event. Mm-hmm. It, 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 for instance, it might be an interspousal deed, which is right. not an accessible um, an accessible transfer. They, so it's a transfer to a uh, unrelated third party, correct? Well, it could be a related party. It could be a it could be a family. In in which case, prior to the passage of Prop Nineteen, a a parent-child or grandparent-child might be exempt from reappraisal, right. uh, not necessarily not anymore. so anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, in my, assuming it's a single-family residence, uh, if if that's determined, we send out a um, homeowner's exemption form. Okay. The 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 title department determines uh, who who is going to value this property. Sends the sends the transfer to the um, to the valuation division. Okay. 
and they they might have a sales price, they might not have a sales price. Okay. If they have a sales price, they determine if it's supported by comparable sales in the market, in mm-hmm. which case we would enroll the sales price. Okay. Um, they, in unique and somewhat unusual situations, we might find that the sales price does not represent market and they would the valuation division would value that according to comparable sales. And that could be either up or down from the price that was paid? Correct. Okay. All right. Uh, when that's when that work is done, it's sent to uh, the support division to enter, enter the value in our assessment role. Okay. Um, then the, there's a notice that's sent to the tax, taxpayer. Okay. Um, and the taxpayer has a chance to... If, if they disagree with the value the assessors put on that property, they, they have a chance to rebut that value. We, we, we invite them to call and, and say they have some information that this is a unique property. Mm-hmm. This, there's a reason why it sold for less than market. Okay. And so we, we, we want somebody to, to call if they believe that, the, that their value is valued, if their property is valued incorrectly. Okay. They also have a chance within 60 days of receiving that notice to file an appeal if, if they mm-hmm. if they cannot get, um, if they ultimately disagree with the assessor. Okay. But those values go um, onto the assessment roll and then there is what's called a supplemental assessment issued. Mm-hmm. Could be a refund, but usually it's, a, it's an increase. Mm-hmm. Um, prorated from the time um, that the property transferred to the end of the tax year. Okay. It's kind of a catch-up tax bill because the value has changed mid-tax year. Right. And when you say to the end of the tax year, if you are in the beginning of the year, um, that's is that going to be all the way through uh, <clears throat> June or is that going to be all the way through December? Well, the unique things about supplemental bills <coughs> is because the <clears throat> properties are valued uh, January 1st. If you purchase a property between January 1st and May 31st, it's going to affect two separate tax years, and you will receive more than one year as a supplemental. Oh, wow. So up that to, could be confusing for people. It is very confusing. Up to 17 months, a minimum of six months on a supplemental bill. Okay. All right. So for all of you listening out there, when you pay one supplemental bill, if you've just purchased a property, um, and then you receive another supplemental bill, um, you probably want to double check that, um, yes, you probably do still owe that um, because you could get two different supplemental bills. Is that right? Well, typically uh, supplemental bills for, for more than more than 12 months are sent together. So, okay. so you would receive two. But say you put in a pool right after purchasing a house, then mm-hmm. you might receive another supplemental bill. And the interesting thing about supplemental bills is by law, they're always sent to the owner of record and not to the mortgage company. Exactly. Which doesn't mean that your mortgage company won't pay it if you forward it to them, but that's between you and the mortgage company. Absolutely. Um, so you, you touched on this a little bit. If, if the homeowner doesn't agree with the value that has been assessed for their property, um, they can file an appeal or they can call your office and provide additional information. Is that correct? Correct. And um, we always, in, if, if someone disagrees, we want them to call the office first. Make make us aware of any information that that, that you are aware of. Um, 
but ultimately they they have a chance to file an appeal and we don't we honestly don't see a whole lot of appeals on single-family residents usually those right. issues are resolved right i would imagine particularly in this market where values have been increasing rapidly um that that there's very little that homeowners are are protesting that's correct and and usually when values are declining is when we see the that's most when, because mm-hmm. We value as a certain date, and people see their their value declining, and don't realize well this is this is from twelve months ago or or eight months ago. Right, and so if they do decide that they need to file an appeal, um, is there a time frame that they have to to do that? So, like I say, after you receive your notice, you have sixty days. But on your regular tax bill, the the tax bill that comes out in in September October. Mm-hmm. You have until November 30th to file an appeal. Okay. Um, what does that appeals process look like? For a uh, homeowner, mm-hmm. it's a relatively simple process. Uh, on, on commercial properties, we're dealing with uh, income streams and, and, and complex law. But on a single-family residence, uh, basically the homeowner can present evidence that as of this date, January 1st typically, Mm-hmm. Um, the these sales in my area show that my house is is overvalued. Okay, perfect. And and it's it's a relatively informal process. Um, you could have an appraiser show up, and and we certainly wouldn't discourage that. But the the homeowner can show up and represent themselves with no problem. Perfect. And I would imagine that if uh, if anybody out there is thinking about uh, needing to appeal, uh, they're their tax assessment uh, or their property assessment, um, you can reach out to uh, your preferred realtor. They can also provide comparables for you um, if you don't want to go to the the extreme of, of hiring an appraiser. Exactly, right? and we do have a list at the at the assessor's office. You do have to go to the office to get it because it it in, includes confidential information that we mm-hmm. can't get out over the internet. But there is a t- two-year sales list of all the sales in the county within the last two years. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, so now I understand that <clears throat> Prop 13 caps the growth of a property's assessed value at no more than 2% a year. Uh, but I've also known that there are circumstances where a homeowner's assessed value went up more than that 2%. Can you tell us why that might happen? Yes, and that that is somewhat confusing. So, um, immediately after the passage of Prop 13, there was a the passage of Prop 8, which says that um, the assessed value must be the lower of either the the base year value, the Prop 13 value, or mm-hmm. the current market value. Okay. So, in the cases where we see properties decline. Uh huh. Um, the law also says that we need to be notified by the taxpayer. Um, when we saw the huge declines in 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. did it proactively. So we right, we, valued, we revalued probably 100,000 properties proactively, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reduced them to less than the, the Prop 13, the factored base year value. Okay. So the maximum that that value could increase is up to the Prop 13 base year value. But okay. assuming the market's increasing more than 2% per year, mm-hmm. that Prop 8 value can jump up more than 2%. And, and it's not unusual for that, that value to increase year over year. Okay. Um, 
more than 2% or in some cases substantially more than 2%. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so um, from your standpoint, um, when is property um, reappraised? Is that just upon the transfer of title? Do you? Well, we can, uh, again, Prop 8, says that we can reappraise property if if the factor base year value exceeds market. Okay. Um, but basically the law says that we reappraise property on on the event of a transfer mm-hmm. and um, new construction. Okay. So what about property improvements? Do they also play uh, a role in the assessed value? So it depends on how you define improvements. Um, if you are simply remodeling your house... Mm-hmm. Um, the law is a little wishy-washy on that. It says if it's substantially uh, equivalent to new, then we can revalue it. But we're not going to. We we the assessor in in my entire time at the assessor, for the most part, we we don't take remodels and revalue them. We value uh, additional square footage. Okay, so additional square footage. What about uh, pools? Would you? Uh, if, when somebody pulls a permit to install a pool, is that going to change their assessed value? We, we value pools. Okay. Um, what about installing solar, owned solar? Solar is exempt. Ah, looky there. Even Lori commercial solar is exempt. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, are there some common improvements that we might think about that aren't going to besides solar, that aren't going to increase uh, the assessed value? It, it depends on the size of the improvement. But as I say, for the most part, we're looking for additional square footage. Okay. Um, if you put in a garage, then, then we're going to come if back you, here. If you come garage. put in an additional garage like the McCarty's <laughs> did, yes, then you're going to get your property reassessed. If you build an outdoor living area, you're going to get your property reassessed. That's right. Improvements to the man cave? Uh, no? Improvements mm. to the man cave that no? that are interior, right? <laughs> probably not, not. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. okay, okay. If if you tear a house down to the studs, mm-hmm. that's a little different issue. Absolutely. But we don't have that too much in Kern County. You, you see that more in, in higher-priced counties, shall we say. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, so would a, would a good rule of thumb be if you have to pull a permit for it? it's going to wind up being a a reassessment not necessarily you you have okay. to pull a permit for new windows you have oh, to pull yeah. a permit for a new roof and mm-hmm. and neither of those are accessible all or, right or hey. we do not assess them shall i say okay uh, john can i ask a question just going back to the supplemental sure bill i guess um, I've I've made the mistake of ignoring it. <laughs> I got, I got Haven't we all? I got the supplemental bill. Yeah, and I'm thinking like, ah, my mortgage will take care of exactly. it. Exactly. And I didn't think about it till six months later when I got the bill with a late fee. Uh-huh. And I was like, what the heck? So just a warning. Don't throw those away. Don't ignore that mail. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get tax bills. That's, that goes to my mortgage company. Yeah. Absolutely. Or, they, or the this tax, must have just been a copy they the, sent exactly, to me. Exactly. The taxpayer <laughs> does get copies of tax bills, and so they assume it's the same thing. Absolutely. Because I, I, I have made the other mistake and sent a check when the mortgage took care of it, and I got a refund six months later. I was like, oh, okay. That's good. Yes. I got money back. But So the, the late fee mistake hurts. Uh-huh. That one hurts. I was it, like, oh, man. It does. It yeah. does. 
Don't ignore the mail. No, <laughs> no. And just remember, when you receive that supplemental bill, um, you can forward it to your mortgage company mm-hmm. and work out with them potentially for them to pay it rather than you having to, to pay it yourself. But that's going to be between you and the mortgage company. Excellent. Right? Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. And that's a good warning for everybody, too. Okay. Um, well, I don't know about you, Adelaide, but I think this is a great place for a break. I know I've got some more questions for John, mm-hmm. um, but before we take a break, uh, can you tell us again how to how listeners can reach the assessor recorder office? Okay, so the assessor, uh, our look on our website, assessor at kerncounty.com or recorder at kerncounty.com. Um, our telephone number is 661-868-3485. Perfect. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR. We'll be right back. Lori McCarty here. I wanted to pop in and invite all our listeners to join us for a special episode of the Kern County Real Estate Review on our open line Saturday, January 29th from 11 a.m. to noon. During this show, we'll have a favorite guest, Christy White of Summit Funding, and we'll be answering your questions about real estate and lending. So be sure and mark Saturday, January 29th from 11 a.m. to noon on your calendar. This will be your opportunity to get all your burning real estate and lending questions answered. Now back to the show. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover. And this morning, we're interviewing John Lifquist of the Kern County Assessor Recorder. And John, first of all, tell us how our audience can reach you. And then I've got a question for you after that. So the uh, again, the audience can can reach us. At, let's let me just give the telephone number six six one eight six eight three four eight five. Excellent, excellent. And one thing I was thinking about in the break here was okay. You wanna you wanna um, say like the assessment's coming in too low, so I'm gonna challenge it and I want it to go up. But that would be when you're selling. But then you'd want to lower it when it's about to time to pay taxes. I mean, what other situations would would there be for those? So there really is no time that you want your assessment to go up. Um, a knowledgeable buyer is never going, because of the provisions of the tax law, they, our, our value should never exceed market, but it can be any value below market. 
So mm-hmm. a knowledgeable buyer is not going to look at the assessed value to try and determine the market value. Uh, okay, and okay. if they are looking at that value, in today's rapidly appreciating market, they're way off base, um, mm. which by relying on their realtor um, to show them comparable sales in the neighborhood, they'll be able to easily see what the value is of properties around that one that they're interested in. Okay, so the so the assessment, the assessed value, doesn't affect the loan, doesn't nope. affect the mortgage. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. It affects gotcha. your taxes. And that's, uh, I was going to say, it's all about your taxes. Okay, okay. Um, so here's a question I have, John. Um, many times when I'm listing a property, the square footage that I'm seeing on the tax um, assessor's website the homeowner is telling me that's incorrect because they've made an addition or because they've, um, you know, they've done something. Um, but they're very afraid to <clears throat> contact the assessor's office to have that square footage increase because they're afraid that will also trigger a reassessment. So by law, we can go back three years okay. and, and revalue the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the fact that often we don't have a great deal of information on an addition, we don't always go back three years. Sometimes we just add the square footage for the current year. Right. Um, and sometimes we don't even change the assessment on that. Wow. That's, um, that's I'm, I'm nice not, to I'm know. not guaranteeing that. Right. But, but again, the maximum of, is three years of, of okay. assessment. And that's only on the improvement on the improvement that we've missed and not on the entire property. And so how do you guys go about finding out about improvements? Well, typically we, we find out about improvements from permits. Okay. Um, or, <laughs> or when the property sells and somebody, all suddenly somebody, somebody wants that correct. That square I don't remember that. Square that. Footage corrected. <laughs> um, but you don't have a, a unit that goes out and is we looking do, at we properties. We do not canvas. Okay. Uh, not, not since the passage of Prop 13 have we sent people out and, and uh, canvassing areas. Okay. We do. It is important that we have this correct square footage because we we have um, valuation models that that uh, we rely on that information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we typically assume that we have the correct correct square footage when a property sells because it's it's important for the realtor to have that correct square footage and and they notify us. Right, and it's also uh, important, I think, for the buyer for the seller because that. You know, 200 square feet, 300 square feet, either way can make a substantial difference in value. Exactly. Right? What about like an enclosed patio? If you took your patio and just built a structure around it, walls? Well, sometimes that would be considered square footage, typically Mm. if it's air conditioned. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's just kind of a... A A neat sunroom. Nice patio. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. Um, So... As you gather the information, and and by the way, how many um, appraisers do you guys have on staff? Do Ooh, you? How many do we have? Um, I'm going to say about 35. Okay, so you've got a you've got a big department there that you you are running. Well, we have a little probably low 80s in our total staff. When mm-hmm. I first started in 85, I think we had 149. So, Oh, wow. It's a much smaller department. It sure uh, is. Partly because of uh, we're able to 
to use computers more extensively, and partly Absolutely. because the county keeps cutting. Our <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's not all just efficiency, is it? It's, it's doing more. Well, it is efficiency, <laughs> but uh, not not always voluntarily. Right, right. Let's raise those taxes. Uh, <laughs> more money. No. <laughs> stop! 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 Kidding! Kidding! Um, okay, so so once the um, you gather all that information um, about. Uh, improvements that have been made, or you have a, a reassessment of a property, you know, a, a reassessment event. Um, how do you actually determine the value or the increase in value from remodels or from additions? Do you have a formula? Do you have there? There is no set formula. We try to we try to base values on market. So. We're, we're looking at comparable sales and this size property compared to this size property if we're looking at an addition. Okay. Um, as much as possible, we try and use that information. We also have extensive cost information from the state. If, if we don't have enough market information, we can rely on cost. Okay. We use uh, Marshall Valuation Service okay. as another cost guide. Um, so cost and market are, are, how we, are how we determine the value. Okay. Does, does location come into effect there? Always. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What are the cardinal rules in real estate? <laughs> location, 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 <laughs> right? Okay, so shifting gears a little bit, I saw on the uh, recorder's website, the assessor recorder website, that your department is also responsible for administering various tax exemption programs. Uh, could you tell us about these programs and who qualifies? So for residential properties, the mm-hmm. two tax-exempt programs are the homeowner's exemption and the disabled veteran's exemption. Okay. The, disa- the homeowner's exemption reduces your taxable value by about $7,000. Um, when that originally passed, that was probably half the value of your property. Okay. Now it's a, <laughs> it's a very small percentage mm-hmm. of the value. Mm-hmm. But a uh, homeowner's exemption is very important because uh, under Prop 19, to take advantage of Prop 19, in most instances, it is it requires a homeowner's exemption or a veteran's exemption to okay. be able to access that, that program. Okay, perfect. The veteran's exemption is for 100% disabled veterans. Okay. And, and we do get a number of veterans calling and ex- assuming that they're eligible, but it is 100% disabled 100%. veterans. Um, there is new legislation that was written by one of the assessors and sponsored by uh, Shannon Grove, our, mm-hmm. our state senator. Um, that has not moved out of committee, but that would that would um, enhance the veterans, the disabled veterans for less than 100% disability. Well, that sounds like a very worthwhile uh, piece of legislation that needs to move out of committee. I agree, but uh, I know we don't uh, control the powers that be. Sacramento is more important; (laughs) is more interested in increasing taxes than reducing taxes. Of course, they are. Um, So, when we talk about the homeowners exemption, um, who qualifies for that? So that is for a, a, not necessarily a single-family residence, but a a residence, owner-occupied residence. Okay. And as I say, it's not a huge benefit, but it is important uh, because it affects other other laws. Prop 19, uh, you can transfer your base year value outside of the county Mm -hmm. for those 55 and older. 
uh, disabled or the victims of a uh, wildfire uh, governor declared emergency. Okay, perfect. Um, so do you have to file a claim for the homeowner's property tax exemption? Is that something that you guys send out automatically? It is sent out automatically. We send it if if on the preliminary change in ownership, somebody indicates that it is their uh, primary residence, we'll send out the form. Um, the form does need to be filed, but if, if you haven't received a form, you can you can call the office and get one. Okay. What about if you have a second home? Can you have two homeowners exemptions? You can have, you know, Prop 19 changes uh, some of the aspects, but I believe that both spouses can have a homeowner's exemption. So. Okay. One for one, one for the other. Okay. Super. Um, and I, I guess if they didn't want to call the office, I'm assuming that the um, homeowner's exemption form is on your website as well, right? Okay. Perfect. Um, So with technology these days, most information that we need is right at our fingertips. Um, When we talk about the assessor recorder's office specifically, what information can homeowners find out on Kern County's website? Well, as I mentioned earlier, um, you can find the square footage of your house. Um, you can find the taxable value, uh, room count. You cannot find, uh, we, we get people wanting to know the ownership of property. Mm-hmm. that We cannot put that online. Okay. And so um, there is the possibility of coming into the office and finding that, but you cannot find it online. Okay. Um, but then on the recorder side, can't you see documents that have been you can't recorded? see the documents themselves you can see the okay. the the, uh, the document number you can see who transferred to who but you cannot see the document themselves again you would have to go into the office you can purchase through a vendor uh-huh um but if you want to see the document uh, itself you would have to go into the recorder's office okay perfect um so one of the things that, that I love about your website is the, um, the assessor's maps that are available there, as well as the GIS mapping. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we've just transferred our GIS information. The uh, county IT took over, mm-hmm. and so the, our GIS information is now essentially the county's GIS information. But it is very useful. Mm-hmm. We have aerial photos. You can, you can. It, it helps me whenever I'm looking up a property. I, I want to see the aerial photo to. to uh, I'm a visually oriented person. Yep, you and me both. <clears throat> um, you can find zoning. Um, trying to think of what else you can find, but oh, the various different layers are pretty there amazing. Are um, yeah, and in fact, I've had a little bit. I, I confess, I've had a little bit of trouble. Um, accessing all of it or figuring it all out um, since it's changed. I had the old system dialed in. Me too. (laughs) The the lower lower left corner of the screen has layers. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Oh, that's great. Adelaide, do you have any other questions Um, you want to ask, John? Now, you mentioned early on in your career you were living in Ridgecrest and working in Ridgecrest or commuting? Not commuting. I was living in Ridgecrest, were, and I, I lived there and worked there for three years. For th- okay, okay. I was wondering about that too. Now, if they asked you to go back, would you go back to Ridgecrest? No. 
But it is part That's of Kern County. It's a great County, place but... to start. It, and, and not that I have anything against Ridgecrest, but... but You're just established here. I, I, I was born and raised in Bakersfield, grew up here, and, and this is what I'm used to. Absolutely. Very cool, very cool. And then um, another thing, I was, what was I thinking about? Uh, like, what's, like, the, your favorite part of the job? Oh. I was wondering about that. What is my favorite part? There's so many to choose from. You know, I I have to say that in my career, the majority of my career was actually going out and doing field work and and picking things up. And I just love, love that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like solving problems. Mm. You know, somebody that, that, uh, and, and usually it's one of the, some, Somebody from the political aspect now calls, and somebody has a problem, and and they need this solved. And usually, it's it's something quite simple, and, mm-hmm. and I I really appreciate that. I, well, there I feel you like go. I'm accomplishing something. There you Very go, cool. folks. If what you a, have a problem, call John. He'll take care of it for you. <laughs> and I that like phone that. number Not is every problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, because I'm thinking too, like just you know, for for the younger audience thinking about getting into a career because you've made this a career and mm-hmm. and it sounds really cool. How, what, what kind of experience or education would someone want to kind of maybe acquire and then get into that field to get into that field? Well, we have support staff that, that is, um, Oh, all documents. And, uh, um, but for the most part, if, if you're in evaluation for business property, we require a degree that, uh, with an emphasis on accounting, Mm-hmm. For um, real property valuation, we do require a college degree, but not necessarily uh, no no valuation experience. We will train our staff on on value and property. Oh, that's cool. wonderful! Excellent, excellent. And let's see. Like, I've got another question. <laughs> um, when is the next election? The next election is uh, the primary will be in June of 2022. The uh, the general election is November 2022. Okay. And can we assume that you are running, or have you made that decision yet? I have determined I will not be running. Oh, big news! Wow, very big news. After after how many how many times? Well. Just just two elections. This, this is my this is my the end of my second term. And Ooh. so you're then headed for retirement. Is that it? Headed for retirement. Wow, I'm jealous. Um, we we wish you all the best. You've done a phenomenal job. Thank you. And um, wow, that and, I wasn't expecting that. And I've heard Ridgecrest is a great place to retire. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, so our, our Ridgecrest listeners, we love you too. We're just kidding. We're just kidding. <laughs> we are just kidding. Congratulations on that, by the way. That too. is that Excellent. is wonderful, John. Who will we call after? The, the next elected <laughs> I was going to say, only time will tell, right? <laughs> All right. Well, gosh, it looks like we are almost out of time here. Um, gosh. Uh, you know, clearly your office handles an awful lot of important tasks for the county. Um, and you are an extremely busy man. That probably is why you're thinking now is the time to retire. But I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your schedule to be on the show today. Thank you, Lori. Um, if you could tell us one more time what that phone number is for the assessor recorder. 
The I, I will give you the assessor's number. It is 661-868-3485. Perfect. Now, before we say goodbye until next week, I want to say how excited we are to be in this new time slot on Saturdays and to thank all of you for tuning in today and each and every week. Hopefully, we've given you some knowledge about this important topic and provided a little more clarity into the world of real estate. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Saturday at 11 a.m. If by chance you missed an episode of the show or know someone who would enjoy hearing this information and is otherwise occupied at this time, no worries. We've got the perfect solution. You can catch the Encore presentation each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on KNZR, just before Sean Hannity. And if that doesn't work either, we have another option. You can now hear this show and previous shows wherever you get your podcast. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review to listen to your heart's content. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a wonderful rest of the day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to, or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there, and you can start packing. Times we're living in are unparalleled, and it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you. You have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker. You may want to take a cash offer or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer. Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance. You do have options and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com.
no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to the McCartygroup.com and start packing.